1: Welcome back to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Sports Radio 99 the game, 99 the game.com, the Odyssey app. Mark Zeno joined by Smoking Joe Patrick. Ooh, as we are outside Mercedes Benz Stadium. Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. We want to get into the, fight for the Falcons defense here as they get set to take on the Vikings coming up at 1 o'clock. Of course, Atlanta Falcons Network pregame show coming up at 11 o'clock right here on the game. Crowds starting to filter in here. Um, it is a beautiful fall Sunday afternoon. Outside of the bends, uh, Joe. Though some of us are not feeling so healthy. Yeah, and that brings us to our injury report. Brought to you by the FireShower from the W Sauce, bigger, better, Boulder. Now, spice your WSauce.com and find a FireShower re- t- retailer near you. What's going on? Who's banged up? We know both teams are dealing with a ton of injuries.
0: <laughs> yeah, both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries and some uh, some significant ones. I think on the Falcon side. One we're most concerned about. The most important one, Drake London, going to be out of this game with a groin injury. Does
1: that mean Kyle Pitts will actually help my fantasy team he, today? I
0: think he probably will. I, I think there's a good chance that Kyle Pitts has a big game in, in this one. I will say, though. If he doesn't, i coming for you. I, you I, know I'll say also that, uh, you know. Taylor Heineke, in his role as the scout team quarterback for this team, has had a lot more reps with Kadero Hodge, Scotty Miller, these types of receivers. So if you are in fantasy and you're looking for maybe one of those long shots in a, in a big kind of DraftKings or something, um, that could be a play to go to to, to, to hook up with one of those guys. Uh, DeMarco Hellams also won't play in this game. I know it's not a name that a lot of people think about, but he has been playing more this season, of course, the team. Got rid of Jalen Hawkins and uh, has kind of moved Demarco Hellums into that role. He's been playing a lot more in their dime packages, um, so they'll be without him today. We might not see some of those packages as much. And then fullback Keith Smith, who's been a you know a long time um, guy that Arthur Smith really relies upon, is not, also not going to play. Team has elevated a par- T- Tucker Fisk off the practice who? squad. Yeah, yeah, you don't know who he, he's a he's a he's one of those like grungy guys with super long hair who just like plays fullback and hits people and will never Tucker touch the ball. Fisk Tucker Fisk. <laughs> Doesn't that just sound like a fullback who will never touch the ball in an NFL game? Yeah, I guess um, so. On the Vikings that side, a lumberjack. On the Vikings side, of course, a Kirk Cousins going to miss the rest of the season with so, a torn Achilles. I feel so bad for that. I mean, it's brutal. Like, you can't
1: feel bad for Kirk Cousins. He's made like oh, I don't know, three hundred million dollars over the last <laughs> yeah, seven he's, years. He's, he's, so he's, don't feel bad for Kirk right, Cousins. Right, but right, right. but, but he know. was he was like
0: just starting to feel himself. It felt like when he got well, hurt, they I, were rolling I, in that game. He, I am not here for any Kirk Cousins slander ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, he, the guys, he, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league.
0: He was playing great. He was dicing up the. The Packers, and they've really gotten Jordan Madison going too in that offense without uh um what's his name the 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 receiver Justin Jefferson Justin, yeah that the, guy that that one guy who yeah. might also be in the MVP con- contest if he was uh, healthy this by year by
1: the way not that anybody cares and I say this fully caveat that and nobody listening actually cares my number one overall draft pick of fantasy. Justin Jefferson. Oh. My quarterback in fantasy,
0: <laughs> oh, <no>. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, no. You were going for that, that little stack there. <laughs> it was working so well the first four weeks. It's all gone to hell in a <laughs> Oh, man. They're also going to be, uh, without Dean Lowry, a uh, defensive end. And then they got okay. a cu- few questionable guys who will be game time decisions. You're going to l- hear more about them on the uh, pregame show. Brian Nassamoa. Jalen Naylor Anybody and in Chris Reed. Anybody the offensive line. Yeah, Chris Reed for the offensive line. And then the Vikings also got rid of Ezra Cleveland, another one of their guards, um, at the trade wet deadline. So there's going to be a little mixing and matching for them on Let that side. Let me ask you this. This defense has been excellent all year long. How long will it take us to notice the absence of Grady Jarrett, if at all? I think probably not so much in this particular game. but Because they I, stink. Yeah. <laughs> Cause <laughs> yeah, no good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think by next game, it's going to be quite noticeable. And I think it was noticeable in the ten, second half of the Tennessee game.
1: Was it, 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 will it be more noticeable in the run game
0: or the pass game? I think probably in the in the run game. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, you know, the, he's been doing all he can the past game, but ultimately you got to have the edge rushers They get home. They're the ones who have the, the best opportunities. Well, okay. So you, you,
1: you're setting me up quite perfectly here, and this is why you and I are, are quite the tandem. Um we talked so much at the beginning of the show about the Vikings blitz rate. Yeah. Okay, and how much they are blitzing—highest um, in the league this year—and uh, and, uh, at fifty-seven percent. And it's that's of, insane.
0: Fifty-seven <laughs> percent blitz rate. <laughs> you,
1: I mean, it's it really is something that is just you know you you, you don't expect that to see. um unique. So and. and 52.7 for the Vikings. The next closest is the Giants, another bad defense, at 43.1, followed by the Patriots at 40.2. Um, everybody else is 38% or less. Now, the Vikings have a very high blitz rate. The Falcons do not. They're at
0: 24.2%.
1: When you talk about pressure rate in the NFL, you know who has the highest pressure rate in the NFL? The New York Jets. You know who has the second highest pressure rate in the NFL?
0: I don't know. The Atlanta Falcons. Do they really? Yes. Number two.
1: Second highest pressure rate in the NFL. You want to know who has the highest quarterback knockdown rate in the NFL? Is it the Falcons? It is the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. So, again, for all the people who work at this station and beyond, they don't get any sacks. They don't get any sacks. <laughs> they can't get to the quarterback. They can't get to the quarterback. That is
0: how they sound. That is how they sound. No, they can. And they yeah. are clearly
1: affecting things in the game. Look, we've had this conversation with Arthur Smith, and you've been there when I've asked him these specific questions. Yep. I get that sacks are important. And I get that sacks, as negative plays, can greatly affect the outcome of the game. I'm not denying that. But to say the Falcons can't get to the quarterback is flat-out incorrect. It is wrong. You are saying a lie. And it is something that needs to be recognized that for a team that doesn't get a whole bunch of sacks, per se... Um, Because when you look at them, the Ravens lead the league in sacks with 31. The Falcons have 15. That is the second fewest in the league behind the Bears who have 10. But the Falcons, Texans, Giants, Rams, Saints, Patriots, all have 15 sacks.
0: Yeah, and you want to know why? There's so many people complain about the edge rushers, and certainly I would have my critiques of the edge rushers as well. But one of the reasons why the Falcons create so many pressures, David Onimata has been one of the... Best defensive tackles in the NFL and win as uh, pass rusher right. And right. Let, let, let me let me send you let me send you something else here.
1: Okay, that's I like blow your mind. I like this. Okay, because <laughs> I, I hope I hope people are paying attention. Mention that blitz rate. Falcons twenty four percent. Right, that's in the bottom third of the league. Probably like twelve from the bottom. Yet they don't send people, but they have the second highest pressure rate and the highest quarterback knockdown rate. You know what that allows them to do? leave more dudes in coverage so you can't throw on
0: them yeah yeah and i think that they're they're playing a lot of like tight physical man coverage of the line of scrimmage and i think that that's what's helping this this, this pass rush like get able to be able to affect the quarterback yes. gives them gives them some time it so that they can get to the back because if you saw this team last year they would play off coverage so much ah, under dps damn. dps he, listen he didn't have talent to work with he was trying to limit teams points and the other teams were able to march down the field on the falcons and actually the falcons red zone defense last year was pretty good all things considered but it was so frustrating because it just felt like that defensive line they didn't even have a chance to get the quarterbacks because anytime the quarterback wanted to he can get out of his hand to a to a guy who's running the hitch in, in the slot or something so um, it's so much more fun watching this Falcons defense because they're just—they're so tenacious. Like they don't want to give you a single yard. If you—if you get you know eight yards on first down, second and two, it's not a given that you're going to be picking up that first down uh, over over the next two plays. And that's just—it's such a great feeling to watch after this Falcons defense has been, you know, a sieve for for you know. The better part of you know three or four or five years, um, really. Even when the Falcons' offense was dominant in some of those years, the, you know, the defense really struggled at times. So it's been fun to watch this this group, and it just feels like they're growing confidence. And last week, I think was a bit of a gut check for them. It was a little bit of a, like, you know, we kind of we gambled one too many times. We got you, know and I think that they're going to come out and really establish who they are, what that, what this, the identity of this defense is today. Joe,
1: we don't get his sacks. we
0: sacks. <laughs> I think they will get some sacks today, though. If you're going against a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start, they have a tendency to hold on to the ball, and I think that there's a great opportunity for this Falcons defense um, not to just intercept Jaron Hall, but to sack him, get those strip fumbles, you know, um, bring some stuff at him that he might not be expecting. It's going to be a game full of unscouted looks, I think, when you look at the injuries that both those these teams have, the the, the kind of you know pieces that they're swapping in with quarterbacks making their first starts for the teams this year. It's going to be a fascinating um, kind of tactical matchup, I think, between the coaching staffs of these two teams. Uh, again, I, I think this defense has taken incredible
1: strides. I think Ryan Nielsen uh, deserves a ton of credit uh, for the scheme that he's put together. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I'll say this, Terry Fontenot deserves a ton of credit for adding the players that they have and Jesse Bates may be one of the most underappreciated signings of yeah. the free agent offseason for what he's
0: done for this defense yeah.
1: and how much safeties actually matter.
0: Yeah, the, the, specifically the, pro, the 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 pro scouting, the, the scouting that this team has done, signing free agents, and even signing guys who are pros but have maybe have not been playing at the top level, like getting LaCale London from the XFL, who's come in, you end up giving him a two year contract. I mean, these are the kinds of signings that really you need to hit on. I know there's a lot of focus all the time about the draft and how well teams draft and all that, and certainly that is hugely important, but when it comes down to spending the, the cap space that you have, it's so important to hit on those guys, because if you don't, you really set yourself back, and you end up having to rely on guys that you hope to hit that were you drafted in the third, fourth round. Let, let
1: me give you one more stat about this Falcons defense that may blow your mind. I love
0: it. Ready, Falcons are sixth in the
1: NFL defensively in fewest yards after catch allowed. You know what that means? They tackle well. Yeah. yeah you know what that means? Yeah. That guys catch balls that get to secondary the secondary tackles well. Right? Yeah. Like those are things that 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 are differences in games. You look at teams with bad defenses, the Broncos, the Bears, the Giants, the Raiders, Chargers, these are all teams that through eight weeks of football have given up nearly a thousand yards after the catch. Wow. Wow. Like <laughs> that's, a,
0: that's an incredible. Extra
1: thousand yards to your opponents through eight games. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's She's like a over 100 yards a game.
1: Yeah, it's it's bad. So, you know, um, it's one of those things where I think when you objectively look at this defense, and, and as I said earlier, this sort of feeds into the frustration with the offense because the defense is so good.
0: Yeah, you know, totally. The defense is totally. good enough
1: to help them win games, and it's, and it's good enough to keep them. And in reality, for an offense that's only scoring 17 points a game, the fact that they have four wins is kind of almost laughable to a certain extent, but their defense is that good. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's ultimately what's changed the game uh, for this team. So, um, and I feel like, from a fan's perspective, like you don't want to see this defense wasted. Uh, you know, like you don't want to waste this these, these, this defensive performance that you get from an offense that's turning the ball over constantly and putting them in bad positions. And you got to give this defense credit for handling so many of those situations and really calming games down where things could get out of hand with the way that this team has turned the ball over this year.
1: Yeah, they could have, and the defense has bailed them out more often than not.
0: Yep. But, you know, uh, didn't do it last week. Last, You know, it's funny, they always say, oh, the de- you know the defense will have their, their games where they carry us to a victory, and then there will be games where we need the offense to score 30 points. Like, yeah, you needed that offensive performance last week, didn't you? <laughs> because that was one where I really felt like they were kind of trying to read Will Loves' eyes and gamble on some balls and... You know, you give him credit. Like, I don't think he was fantastic quarterback, but he did just a good enough job to just kind of well, put it up in the air for some of his guys. Just some credit to DeAndre him. Hopkins for the yeah, push off, a little, yeah, a little, Duh, little, a little horse little, collar out yeah. offensive I mean, horse a- collar. A- a-
1: AJ looked really bad <laughs> on that play when you just saw the tail end of it. It's like, what happened? Yeah. Why is he so far behind him? Yeah, and then you watch whole thing. oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, I, I mean, I objectively, as a non-fan, like just you know, when you look at this Falcon team, yes, there there are things they need to work on. There are things they need to get better. Um, and, and most of it's really on the offensive side of the ball. I just don't know that a quarterback change is the panacea they're looking for. I don't know that changing quarterbacks all of a sudden fixes all these problems. Look, could Taylor Heineken go out there and have an amazing game? Yeah, he could. And I'll be sure I'll be hearing from some people, can Crow, about it. Of course, you know, those people love to live in a one-game sample size because, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah. But that said... Over the 25 games that Taylor Heineke has started in his career, I've got a pretty good idea of what his numbers tell me he is. If all of a sudden he's gotten a hell of a lot better, nobody's seen it yet. Right.
0: Nobody's seen it yet. Right. Right. So, and um, you know, it's funny because Heineke has been kind of like the, the, the small sample size king in his career where he's had these big moments where, you know, they are moments. Um, and... Will he be able to string them together now well, that Taylor he's a little Heineke bit more experienced? Taylor started a game last
1: year where he walked into Philadelphia with an undefeated Eagles team with the Commanders and beat them. Yeah. yeah. On um, Monday Night Football notice, it, and we it, all saw
0: it. It's also worth noting that, you know, Desmond Ritter frankly knows this offense a lot better than Taylor well, Heineke does. would at this point in his career. I mean, like, Desmond Ritter had an entire year to just sit there and basically learn the offense. Taylor Heineke came in, you know, this offseason and has had a lot less time, basically one year less time for what we, you know, understand is, is a quite a complex offensive scheme. So do wonder if they might have to, you know, limit some of the, the kind of calls that they make, but you just hope that, I think that from Arthur Smith's perspective, the hope with Taylor Heineke is that he'll just be able to handle in-game situations a little bit better. Uh, again, we talked about it when it comes to pass protection and all that.
1: I, I think the biggest thing for Arthur Smith today as a play caller, and we want to dive, I want to dive into this play calling thing here coming up in a little bit. But you don't have to try to outthink the room today. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I'm going to drop back and throw a 70-yard bomb on the first player. Nobody's expecting that.
0: This should be an establish your identity kind of game exactly. on both sides of the ball. Exactly. All right. Um, we have a lot more to do here on the
1: Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for the Ticketmaster Halftime Show. Uh, that is uh, coming up here as well on the network pregame show, Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. Coming up next, we'll get more into the Falcons' keys to the game alongside Smoking Joe Patrick. Mark Zeno, it is the Wade For Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 99 the Game, 99 the Game.com. Back it is the Wait For Tailgate Show here on Sports Radio 92.9 the Game. Mark Zeno alongside Smoking Joe Patrick. And we are we are seeing a lot of smoke here. There is there's some a, smoke rising, billowing from smoke, smoke from here, from barbecues and and uh, grills and and things alike. We have that smell of smoked meat in the air. Gotta
0: whole, love the smell of the smoked meat.
1: Wonderful, beautiful. Sunday afternoon it is, here in the it air. It is
0: absolutely gorgeous. The sun is shining. Except for where we are. On top of dark cloud yeah, of shade. We have we found the one spot of During shade. We have found the one spot where
1: it's not warm.
0: During the break, I just went and stood <laughs> in the, the sun. sun I'm like, what are do you doing? Like, I put my up. hands on the 929 yeah. uh, car just, just to warm up the hands R- a little
1: bit. Joe Patrick. <laughs> That's literally smoking Joe Patrick. I need to get a tan. Yeah. yeah same. Same. On Twitter, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O, Allison hits <laughs> me up and says, Zeno saying everything I've been saying. But if Taylor is the hero, I'm in. I need a hero.
0: <laughs> I think anybody, anybody will take any hero at this point. Doesn't matter who it is. If you, if, if Taylor, if Taylor Heineke, let's let's live in fantasy land and say that Taylor okay, Heineke, I, I just okay, go ahead. Taylor Heineke plays great. He continues to play great. He basically becomes the Ryan Tannehill that Arthur Smith had in 2019. Uh, that's still, you're still getting really efficient quarterback play as far as cast base is concerned. <laughs> Mark is raising his hand, waiting to be called on. But you would, you, no matter whether whether it's Ritter or Heineke, that's giving you good, good quarterback play. That is good value for money. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I have a question. You know what the difference between Taylor Heineke and Ryan Tannehill is? What's that? Seven rounds of the NFL draft. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was a first round draft pick. Yeah, okay, you know what true. that means? He's talented. Has the tools? Has tools? God, I just you know the idea that we, we we try to connect. I get your point, and I'm not belittling it. it, it yes, and we've seen lesser quarterbacks than Taylor Heineke do great things in the NFL. These stories happen. Get it? It is rare. But the it odds is very are rare. not in his favor yeah. that all of a sudden he's going to become this guy that wasn't good enough to get drafted by anybody. Yeah. I know Kurt Warner used to bag groceries somewhere and playing <laughs> yeah, the CFL, right. whatever it may be, but. I mean, guys, you know, I I just, it's not a question of whether I believe in Taylor Heineke or not. It's not a question of whether I think that, that Desmond Ritter is the future or not. It's just simply a question of the sample size I have on Desmond Ritter, which is a season and a half of NFL games, tells me what he is to this point. Again, if he is going to unleash some, you know, new level quarterback play unlocked, if he is going to get to a new level that we haven't seen before, nobody's ever seen it. Yeah, and nobody could have predicted it. Yeah, so I don't want to hear people talk. I told you Taylor was the
0: guy. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, but like, here's the thing: is like, <clears throat> I don't think they need him to be amazing. Like, they don't need him. They like, need the, this team is said it from the beginning of the year. This team needs need a starter need, to need be an average quarterback. Right. Exactly. They you don't need someone to, do to be an average first?
1: quarterback. Not turn the damn
0: ball. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because of fumbling. Exactly. So do you think Taylor Honeycutt can be that guy who doesn't turn the ball over? I
1: think that's the question. I can't wait to see Twitter if Taylor Heineke fumbles a ball. I mean, if he fumbles a ball today, I can't. Oh, my. Wait. There, You know me. I'm, par- I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for everything. And I will dive right in and stir up as much Put that in Logan as Logan Woodside. Possible. You know, people at the station would call for it. That's a darn sure at some point in time. Um, look, I, I think that offensively today, as you said, I'd like to see Arthur Smith try to ground and pound a little bit. Um, I'd like to see him get Bijan as much into the pass game as early on as possible. Um, and you know, I, I just think it's a matter of between Bijan and Tyler Algier, there should be enough of a way to control the clock because this is the this is the ideal game where guess what? It's play field position to play defense. Yeah. If you want to know why? Because Jaron Hall is on the other side of the field.
0: But if you want to play p- field position and defense, you got to have special teams working. And last well, that, week, last week, yes. this team had zero field position because they kept on hit, catching punts at the five yard line. Those, um, are bad. Um, that's Those are all Mike, bad. Mike Hughes was doing that. Key Smith also picked bad. up a kickoff that looked like it was going out of bounds, or at least for a touchback, and that cost them a bunch of field position. I mean, it was—I I calculated it at some point in the second half. It seemed to me that they had basically given up about 80 yards of field position at some point during that game just based on where they would have gotten the ball at some standard you know Touchbacks and things like that versus where they were actually catching the ball and getting the ball. It was it was ridiculous, and I don't think that Mike Smith will be this team or Mike Hughes will be this team's starting punt returner this week after the mistakes that were made. Marquise Marquise Williams talked about that, the special teams coordinator, saying that he was not making smart decisions in that game, and I think that we'll probably see Scotty Miller back there doing it today. Um, But man, they got to get whatever whoever it is they got to get that straightened out because that was killer for them last week. I really feel like they could have gotten more going last week if they had gotten themselves in some better positions to to perform.
1: Again, special teams. of those things where you only notice it when it goes horribly wrong right 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 of course just catch the damn ball and call a fair catch and move on but like when you do something stupid yeah it it makes it such a bigger problem across the board yeah um and, and you put your team behind the eight ball for for really bad reasons so I'm with you. Those 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 were perplexing to say the least. And Art, you tell Arthur Smith made a change mid-game.
0: Yeah. Somebody else go back there and do yeah. something. I just, you know. Yeah. That's when you know it's bad, when you know some guys are really screwing up.
1: Yeah. Uh, because you're sending somebody out there who doesn't practice catching punts
0: to catch punts yeah. all <laughs> of a sudden.
1: Uh, and, and the rule is very simple. Hey, just just call for a catch, okay? Just make sure the ball yeah, doesn't...
0: Yeah. Or, but, don't, or don't catch the ball at all if it's going over your head. You know, just <laughs> very basic there, stuff. There here. has been a
1: new trend. It used
0: to be... It, it, there is, yeah. Teams like, are becoming more Teams are willing to bold. do it
1: inside the 10 or yeah. at the 10. Yeah. I, most of the...
0: <laughs> when
1: I was growing up... <laughs> when I was growing up... You know... Um, it was usually if it was inside the 20, you let it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if
1: the other team could down it, they down it. Now, now teams are willing to catch that thing between the five and the 10 yard to, line. To be
0: fair, I think punters nowadays are finding ways to manipulate the ball where they're much better at stop, at you know, doing the little backspin thing and checking it up. But yeah. Well,
1: I mean, what do they, put? pulling out a pitching wedge or a lob wedge I on the think foot?
0: They're, I think they're kicking, yeah. That, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, yeah, Arthur Smith refers to Bradley Pinion, the team's as having different clubs in his bag, you know, so he can pull out the driver if he needs the lung-booming one or the yeah, the wedge if he needs to, to get one in. You know how Arthur Smith is with these Yeah, I know. I'm, just, I'm,
1: I'm going over the concept that at some point in time we have we have massaged punters into being, like, you know, technical experts. <laughs> They kick a freaking! Oh ball. yeah,
0: I forgot how much you hate kickers.
1: Yeah, kickers, punters do the line. Punters are barely online. human. They, they're the worst humans on the planet. Every single one of them. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I mean, it's like oh. Hamas, Al Qaeda, <laughs> and kickers. Like, just eradicate all of them from the earth.
0: It's a good thing the Falcons have had uh, Youngway Koo. He's been one of the best uh, players for the <laughs> team. Don't care, don't care,
1: don't care. Do not care. He will break your heart. I uh. guarantee you.
0: Write it down. Oh man, let's hope not. Because they might have to rely on him again. It seems like every Falcons win they've had this year has been relying upon some uh, young wayku, uh, you know, sealing it, sealing the game at the buzzer.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, uh, kicker should be seen, not heard. Uh, period.
0: Anyway, um, by the way, update from the
1: provinces here: seven nothing lead for the Chiefs in the second quarter. Uh, we've had one, two, three, four, six consecutive punts. Yeah, baby. Who's got the under? <laughs> So nice. there is. See, that. That's why. You, this is why you don't play games in, in Europe. No, you don't. Uh, now Miami I'm, has a fourth I'm, and I'm ten. Make that seven straight punts coming up. What are you giggling at? Just me. I'll
0: in tell general? you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you during the break. I don't. Oh, I don't, oh, oh, don't want to get in trouble. Man. I don't want to get in trouble with the uh, with the big wigs at the station for Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. You know, crack, cracking a, a, a joke that might be too uh, not apropos for some Falcons pregame action. Um. Anyway, so I, I think this is. You know, I want to get back to just like kind of a, a very broad look at this game. It's just a, just a thirty thousand foot view. It's such an important game because of the vibes that are going to be generated from what it, either a win or a loss. I think uh, first of all, it's more of if you lose this game at home to this Mike Vikings team, man. Then the pitchforks are really going to come out. Um, it's going to be. Like guard the gates, kind of stuff. I feel okay. like.
1: I mean, uh, but let's not let's, that I feel that way, but no, no, I think that's I how fans will react. Uh,
0: who do you want to direct the blame at? Well, this gets into scapegoat theory, which we we should also talk about. No, it's it's, not, it's like that's what everybody wants to say. It's Arthur Smith. It's Desmond Ritter. It's um, usually it's one singular okay, person okay. or or area of okay. the team. You you want?
1: Can I say one thing? It's not.
0: Yes, yeah. not the coach. I agree. It's not the
1: coach. I agree. This isn't a coach issue. This is a Jimmy's and Joe's issue. I totally agree. A hundred percent. Now, again, uh, the coach is responsible for everything the team does and fails to do. So Arthur Smith bears some of the blame here.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't think Arthur However, Smith is like flawless. No, he's not you know, flawless yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, what I'm saying here
1: is that make sure you're doling out the blame properly, and make sure that you are you are. Putting percentages on on what the real cause of, of the issue is—it's not a scheme, it's not a, uh, a a play calling issue. It's not. Go watch Kurt Warner's film on Twitter, and you'll see the play isn't the issue. It is the inability to block anybody up front that is a bigger part of the issue. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter what play you call. Okay, this isn't Madden. It's not Tecmo Bowl. It's not NFL Blitz.
0: Yeah. The communication's gotta be better. Like you 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 and even if you like listen, if teams are sending six guys, seven guys, like there are some blitzes where you cannot pick up everybody. If that is the case, you have to have a plan for that. You have to have hot reads, you know, hot routes uh, where the quarterback can go with the ball quickly and get it out of his hand so he's not taking these negative plays. And there's so much that goes into it. So even if there are sacks, I'm like it's not like you can just say Oh, a team had X amount of, gave up this amount of many sacks, that's on the offensive line. It could be, you know, a portion of that could be on the offensive line, but there's so many it's such an interconnected game between all these different positions. You can never it's never just one person's fault or or one area of the team's fault. There, there's so much that goes into it that um it's just not that clean. We we want to make it clean as as people who analyze the game and, and watch the game and are fans of the game. We want there to be these like very definitive problems that have very definitive solutions and ultimately it's just a lot more complex than that
1: yeah and again i i mean I, I, let's not get out in front of ourselves about losing this game per se but to this point if we want to talk about where the issue is yeah i mean it's the offensive line and the quarterback it is yeah. but again it, it understand you have to you have to be willing to separate what desmond ritter has been bad at versus what he's been Okay. I'm not even saying he's being good. Yeah. Because even that, I think, would be disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter hasn't been good. He's been. He's been the
0: middle, of the average. He's av- been average road to court. a little bit above yeah. average yeah. in yeah. certain games, yeah. in
1: certain spots. Yeah.
0: Right? Which we um, felt like is what this team needs to right. be successful. It's all you need, right. it's
1: uh, Coming in, that's all you would have said. Because that's all what we all thought. Anybody, again, wants to play revisionist history after the fact. Um, that, you know, oh, we needed Desmond Ritter to be, uh, you know, a top to no. He didn't need it to be no. a top. He just needed to be like. You know, top 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he just needed to be a little bit better than good. And he has been a little bit better than good other than fumbling the damn football. Because, again, you know, the three-interception game, I get it, right? Those happen. I mean, it's not uncommon. Kirk Cousins had a three-interception game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, plenty of quarterbacks have three. Patrick Mahomes has thrown a lot of interceptions this year. I pointed that out earlier. So... Those are going to happen. And, yes, you can put those losses straight on the square. Hey, you know what? Can't can't throw three picks in the game. You're going to lose them. Got it. Noted. But overall, the play at the position of quarterback has been good to above average. And his inability to hold on to the football while running with it or in a snap or anything else has cost him his job.
0: It's been well below average. Yeah, at the very bottom of the league, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Will Taylor Heineke be able to hold on to the ball? A Let me bit ask better? you a question. Let's hope so.
1: Let's go. I won't to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Taylor Heineke, if he- Taylor Heineke wins today, does he start next week automatically?
0: I think so. I think that if they win today, he starts next week. And then what I you, think and then what, I think they get if, the bye week, and then I think they could say, we'll, we'll reassess this whole what, situation after the bye what
1: week. What if what if he plays poorly and they still win?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think if he plays poorly and they still win I still feel like the odds are that Heinecke will play the following week, going into the bye. Let me I mean, say that. Let me and, say that. This, I, I think that I, I almost say this re- much.
1: The timing of the change is interesting because, in theory, you could have argued that him starting the week before the bye is a quick Band-Aid, right? Moving yeah. on, yep. Um, and then bringing Ritter back after the bye would make more sense. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Because yep. he had two weeks to prepare and everything else. You know. You know. But the, the head injury thing. <laughs> Which is what they played on, and we'll never know really how much of an issue that really, really was in this decision. I, yeah, and I don't think it was. Well, neither do I. Yeah. I mean, they, they were just messing with our heads. All right, well, we're going to finish this conversation on the other side. Final segment of the Wait For Tailgate Show coming up next, alongside Smoke Joe Patrick, Mark Zeno here on the Wait For Tailgate Show, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to the Wade Four Tailgate Show. Here's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9TheGame.com and the Odyssey app. I'm Mark Zeno. He's Smoking Joe Patrick. By the way, you like the nickname I gave you? Are you okay with Smoking Joe Patrick? Did, did you give it to me? I don't know. Did I? I I've never heard anybody else call you that before. <laughs> I genuinely, genuinely haven't. I, not, I, if, if somebody else called you that ahead of time, oh yeah,
0: I mean? that was a that was a randy randyism. Oh, was it really? Oh yeah, he started calling me Smoking Joe way back, like pre-pandemic. Really? I think okay. it, Yeah, I think well, it was a... Uh, I apologize to Randy McMichael. <laughs> I did
1: not mean to steal your nickname. I thought nobody ever called it. Nobody knows
0: why. Nobody, well, knows why. nobody knows why. Because you're smoking Joe. Yeah, that's. I guess that's it.
1: Tailgate Show is brought to you by the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder. Visit the WSauce.com today to find a retailer near you. As we're wrapping things up here, uh, get you up to the network pregame show coming up at 11 o'clock. Just like everybody predicted, a 7-0 lead for the Chiefs over the Dolphins. 5 4 left in the second quarter.
0: <laughs> yeah! <laughs>
1: Who are the first half under?
0: Yeah, they're not used to eating those German breakfasts out there. I guess it's probably not breakfast for them, but it's, I don't know. I'm going to go crack a cold one to celebrate my win here. I don't want to <laughs> count it yet. We've still got five minutes left. Stranger, stranger things have happened. Um, why, why, are, why are European games always so weird? Uh, it feels like there's always, the first like, are the generally generally, always, so, always like, no points or something. Because,
1: again, look, it's every, you don't understand how much these guys are creatures of habit. Yeah, oh,
0: to- yeah. Right. right
1: and a routine that happens every single week, mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. bodies get adjusted to it, and their minds get adjusted to it, and it's a different locker room. It's a different. And remember, they're playing a game at a weird time. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're not playing, even though it, theoretically it's one o'clock. But it's the body clock gets shifted to change. Sh- and every coach decided that. Guess what? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to, you know, take the buy after the break anymore because you know we're forced this, that, and the other. If teams were smart. They would take the bu- the London game after their bye, just like the Jaguars did when they played. the. Mm, look how much so better they were the second week there. in London yeah, yeah, yeah. than they were the first week when yeah. they played the Falcons. Look how much better they were against the Bills than they were against the Falcons because they had a whole extra week there. So, you know, I mean, but nobody's going to spend a bye week in London. Uh, none
0: of the players would ever. By but. the way, this guy's totally swept under the rug with, with the Falcons, but uh, they took their bye week well. They Because uh, you get to pick your bye week, so they yep. they chose theirs, and then they won the game following their London game. So they didn't need the bye
1: yeah, no, and again, it's a... Uh, um, you got the teams the coming in, looks pe- People are coming to get the Falcons. Uh, or the offensive line, those guys should be arrested. Uh, anyway, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, look, I, I, this is a team, and here's where this offensive line is going to be tested today. We talked about the pressure rate, the blitz rate of the, of, the, of the Minnesota Vikings. You know, you'll find out pretty early on in this game what Taylor Heineke is ready to do and how he's ready to adjust. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and and can I just say this real quick, by the way? You know, if Taylor Heineke plays clearly better than Desmond Ritter, how do you not credit Arthur Smith in the scheme? Like, why is it Arthur Smith's fault when Desmond Ritter plays bad, but it's only Taylor Heineke's win when he plays well? It's not the scheme, right? Right, right. right. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. Separate. yeah. They didn't change the scheme. Yeah. yeah, they didn't change anything. Yeah. Yet somehow, if Taylor Heineke plays well. Oh, now all of a sudden the play calling got better? Yeah. Now well, all of a sudden he doesn't need to f- be fired as a... There's there's actually legitimate talk. I've, I've heard this scuttlebutt about legitimate talk about Arthur Smith relinquishing play calling duties. <laughs> like at least from fans Come and media on. folks.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, man, it's, here's the other thing. You guys will say anything, won't the, you? The margins in the NFL are so fine. Like we think the Falcons have a good team, you know, whatever, like every, every almost every team, not the Raiders, <laughs> almost every team in the NFL thinks that they have a team that can compete and generally they do. They, they, they probably have it. They have a collection of talent that's generally on par with most of the other teams and the differences in games and the results and the way that they shake out are so slim. You know, it's a matter of comes down to making two or three some plays blocks here, making some blocks. It's a handful there. of plays week yeah. in, week out in this yeah. league. It's all it is. Yeah, and so it's just amazing that you know there are these broad takeaways about you know Arthur Smith has to, you know should relinquish play calling duties because no, some of these you know certain key mistakes happen or, or no, whatever it might no, be. Should. So it's just yeah, it's one of those things. People get emotional about it. I say that's why that's why it's sports do this to us.
1: Well, again, I don't think it's a play calling issue. Um, now, do you want to have a conversation here about? play calling in the red zone that i think is is fair um that i think to a certain extent
0: yeah you know like the johnny smith pass the toss pass in the red zone again
1: there's a there's a tendency and you know i never thought five or seven years ago I i would have to contend with this not only do i have to contend with players and humans doing play things but now, when you're when you're when you're making a wager on a football game, I've got to contend with idiot coaches <laughs> who think that they have the next bright idea that no one's ever thought about. Yeah, uh, and it's really really tough to 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 try to calculate for. There, I think there is some of that that is valid when it comes to um, when it comes to Arthur Smith. Um, that that is legitimate from a standpoint of. Uh, that inside the red zone, he's got to stop trying to get too cute. He's got to stop trying to, you know, just execute the offense that got you the other 70 yards down the field and punch it in the end zone. Yeah. And to a certain extent, again, um, there is a a general idea of putting the, putting the ball in your best playmaker's hands. Get it to Bijan, get it to Kyle, and that's it. I don't overthink it.
0: Yeah, and and aside from the trick stuff, I also a- I asked him this a uh, few weeks ago and he kind of admitted it. Of course, he had a more nuanced answer, but like I asked him like do you do you have to, as a play caller kind of understand your quarterback as the season progresses and kind of develop that relationship, the on-field relationship in terms of what are they comfortable with, what do you feel like you can call in certain situations, and I think, you know, he's kind of said, yeah, it is like you got to kind of grow into that together, and just because some things work one year, you know, things change so much from year to year based on what you put out there on film and how teams are going to adjust, so you constantly are in the state of adjusting to defenses and adjusting your offense to, um, to, to you know, make things work on the field, and I think there's just a feeling out process, but I think that clearly by the judging by the fact that he has switched the quarterback, it made it. It seems like um, the feeling out process occurred, and Arthur Smith was not liking what he was seeing um, in certain respects, so they've made a change, and again, we don't know how long this is going to go on for, if they'll go back to the Ritter at any point this season, but for now, it certainly seems like Taylor Heineke is going to be the guy they roll with, and that's going to be the case today.
1: Yeah, and again, um, I, am, I am well aware of uh, you know how this game can unfold, um, both favorably and unfavorably for the Falcons. Um, but I- I'll say this much: much like a lot of teams, but particularly teams with average quarterbacks, you're much better when you play with a lead. Oh yeah, and you got to try yeah. to score early. Yeah, and. and, and you know, the other way I kind of looked at this game, too, from a gambling perspective, too, is like just take the first half under and see if the Falcons have gotten any better yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Uh, this is a team that has struggled to, to, to score points early on. Is that all Desmond's fault? No, it hasn't been. Yeah. There's been a, a variety of re- reasons why they haven't been able to score points early. However, you know, this is still a team, again, that just doesn't execute those things well
0: and if this offense does get themselves in a lead this defense has been so good in second halves over the course of the entire season Ryan Nielsen you have to give him so much credit and Jerry Gray I would say about how well they're able to adjust to their opposition at halftime and then come out with you know some different calls that are working so in the second half so if the Falcons can get in that lead that's gonna put themselves in a great position right? all
1: right he's Joe Patrick I'm Mark Zeno we'll wrap things up next here on the Wade For Tailgate Show Sports Radio 92.9 The Game Welcome back. It is the Wade For Tailgate Show, Sports Radio 9 Tonight. 9 the Game, 99 9 the game.com, the Odyssey app, Mark Zeno alongside just regular Joe Patrick. He's no longer <laughs> smoking. I can't call him that anymore. Char grilled?
0: Char grilled Joe Patrick. Char grilled Joe Patrick,
1: yes. Uh, big green, I wish I was Char Grilled Big green egg Joe Patrick. Uh, we told you that the Chiefs are up 14 0. The Dolphins, uh with on about a minute and a half, under a minute left, were on their way. They were in field goal range, on their way trying to make it a 14 7 game. And the guy that we, we praised, sung his <laughs> <Right>. praises
0: before, <laughs> occur, yeah. Tyree, no, Tyree Kill.
1: Tyree Kill caught a pass, uh, was hit behind the line of scrimmage, a little screen pass, fumbled it. It was picked up by the Chiefs and returned 59 yards for a touchdown. The Chiefs now lead 21 nothing. going into...
0: Let's hope it stays that way.
1: Uh, well, there's 33 seconds left here in the second half, so my first half under is a little bit sweatier than I wanted to be with <laughs> 33 seconds left. something. Hopefully the Dolphins just kneel on the ball and... Going to halftime down twenty one one nothing. That'll make my life a lot easier.
0: So, what are you thinking about this game? So, the the over under for this Falcons Vikings is thirty eight. The implied score is like 21-18 Falcons something around there. What do you think about that? Um, I saw on on, on my Yahoo app it says sixty two percent of the bets coming against the spread are on the Minnesota side of this, which yeah. I thought was fascinating. Well,
1: but, but, okay, so one, you're you're past the key number of three. So that's true. That's a big uh, one. You're, you're yeah. at in certain cases it's four and a half. I think. Uh, in certain shops that i've looked at and i've seen and in reality when you have two guys making their first start um there's a whole bunch of variance there and that to me i would if i'm over a field goal i'd lean on the dog i mean that's just you know that's kind of just the way the nfl works yeah um even and a so, dog
0: with his, with a quarterback making his first nfl start though that that for me is the big thing i think the falcons i i, I think they i think they cover that number i i this, I mean, this is a long shot. It's probably not going to happen. But if I were to put a prop down, I would say this Falcons' defense scores a touchdown in this game. Um, I think it's kind of ripe for that kind of opportunity. So let's hope that happens. I sure, I sure hope that that happens. And I think, I think Heineke will be suitable. I don't think we're going to see any drastic difference in this Falcons' offense. You just hope that he just holds on to the ball, doesn't turn it over, doesn't get sacked as much.
1: Look, I, I th- if the Falcons get to 24, they should win this game. You know, if, yeah, if the Falcons get to 24, they should win this game. I, I think that's really the the the. Uh, the barometer here of what they should do or could do It'd or whatever. It would be a
0: terrible look if they give up more points than that to this Vikings team.
1: Oh yeah, It would be an absolute awful look, especially with this defense. So yeah. If they can get to 23-24, they'd be absolutely should be able to win this game. So uh, Let's hope that that's the outcome of this whole thing um, and and that we will walk out of here 5-4 and four and head into a bye week. That yeah. They'll have to reassess a lot of things about this team.
0: it would still be in decent shape though at that
1: point. 100%. Could still be in very decent shape at that point in time. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this unfolds uh, going forward. Listen, it's been great working with you today. Yes, yeah, uh, it, it has fun. been an absolute blast. And uh, let's do this again sometime sometime soon. Let's make it happen. Uh, Falcons win today, and we will be uh, back next week here for you guys. Make sure you guys tune in to the uh, Falcons Network pregame show coming up next here in just a moment. So for Joe Patrick, I'm Mark Zeno. our entire staff here out at the Wade Ford Tailgate. Appreciate you guys listening. Have a great day. Enjoy the Falcons. Sports Radio, 929 the Game, 929 game.com the Odyssey app. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.